for God in prayer. Gracious and loving God, God our Father, God our great Jehovah, move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be ever so sweet this day, Lord. Amen. I can remember not being able to celebrate Father's Day. Not because I didn't have great fathers in my life and not because there weren't great people that had extended love and care to me as men. I'm blessed to have a great husband and great men that have been in my life from the beginning of time. But no matter how prepared we are, when the funny and peculiar kind of love that you have with a dad goes away on a daily basis, there's a void. My dad passed 12 years ago, and I can literally remember the final conversation. When I came here and I was preparing to move, I ran across all the birthday cards. He had a basic way of signing his name, just D-A-D, underlined. Every dad has a signature. Every dad has a special gift that they bring. And they bring it different ways. But today's message is simply about learning to be victorious. a gift from your dad. Yeah. Learning to be victorious, a gift from your dad. As I shared earlier, my dad was kind of a jokester. If you met him in his line of work, you would have met him in trouble. He was a police officer to the bone. And his constant statement to many of my friends was, please don't make me have to do my job at home. I had friends that would only visit for a minute because soon as they heard Mr. Thomas's heavy steps on the steps, coming down the steps, they simply needed to leave. I don't know about you, but maybe some of you had the same kind of dad. His no meant no, his yes meant yes, and there was very little in between unless, unless you were the special daughter on the pedestal that was always given the job to convince Dad. I see LaWanda's sister kind of laughing. I don't know whether she was that daughter or whether LaWanda was that daughter, but there's always one daughter. If there's two daughters that's given the special job of just saying, come on, Daddy. Come on, Daddy. Come on. Can't you just change your mind, Daddy? Girls have a way with their dad. 
boys do too, because boys do different things with that. And I believe if I had had a brother, I would have seen some of those things very much be different. But when my mother said, that's it, he figured he had to pass it down to somebody. <laughs> I wasn't sure why my sister never learned to change the lock or put paneling on the ceiling or fix that lock so nobody else could get out but you and him. You know that lock on the back door that says, if somebody comes in the wrong way in the house, they won't be able to get in. But if you kick it, twist it, turn the door three times, then you can get out. And you've got to kick it two times to get back in. So don't let that lock door lock you in the backyard because you will have to go to the neighbor's house. I can remember great football games. And as you all know, the Dallas Mavericks are playing this evening. I already checked the schedule, and I decided that because they were playing late, I could deliver the home message. And they had been playing at 1 o'clock. We might have had to cut this a little short. No, no, no. <laughs> when you are the extra person in the house, and Dad doesn't have anybody to holler sports with, you become the holler sports person with him. Amen. But there's victory in Jesus, and there's victory in our relationship with God the Father. There's victory in relationships with our earthly Father. Amen. Some of you are saying, you don't know my dad. I'm not sure mine was that special. But I stop by here to say you that, tell you that there's grace and love and work and blessings in all who are fathers, and all who are becoming fathers, and all who are resolving to become better fathers. If we all took the mirror and looked at our face through scripture, through reason, through experience, there's something all of us could do to improve. But Jesus teaches us how to be victorious. The scripture this day that we'll focus in on is simply the psalm, and the gospel. The psalm message teaches us about victory. As a matter of fact, if I were to ask you to simply say, what does it mean to be victorious? There are kids sitting right here. Victorious means I won all the football games and I have the championship trophy. Victory means I got all A's and B's and my mom and dad have brought me something really good for my achievements. Victory also may mean something as simply as your room is clean for five days in a row. <laughs> and that's not just for children, that's for adults too, because we can get out of order and, and that victory is just that we can get a little calm. Victory today after a hurricane might be the fact that we don't have a blue roof anymore. Victory may be, I can taste and drink water again because my throat was so clogged up from a cold. Victory is a lot of things. But in this passage, it reminds us that when we want to get victory, we go to the Lord. 
the scripture tells us that we ask him in verse 2 for help. In verse 3, we request that we are remembered for what we gave unto the Lord. Verse 4 reminds us that he would grant the desires of our heart. And verse 5 simply says that we would learn how to shout in victory. Our wrestling inheritance doesn't always speak to the fact that there was shouting going on when the Methodist church began. I know sometimes we're quiet. I know sometimes we're simply quiet on God. But there was a revelation in Christianity that we would learn how to shout and praise the Lord. Oh, no, I went to a church, grew up in a church that was truly a church that could have been ranked as high church because it was so, amen, were very quiet, amen. Amen, amen. And my mother would say, please, one day you need to go to a church because you are just too loud. And I know some of you may even say, her voice is just so I tried to modulate it. I adjusted it. I do things, but there's a shouting for the victory. If we were at a football game and our team had just made a touchdown at the last minute and we went from losing the game to winning the game, we'd be well for sure. Shouting going on. Go team. I knew you could do it. Oh. Yes. And we know we shout at the television set. When that last three-point play comes, we know we do. Or maybe you're a baseball player. I don't know much about that game. I watched it because my granddaddy watched it, but I never got it quite down pat. I tell you, if we can shout for everything else, will we shout for Jesus Christ? For you see, the victory comes through the anointing. The oil, the energy, the presence of God. Reminds us that there's pride in the name of Jesus Christ. All of us have heard that song, In the Name of Jesus, In the Name of Jesus. We sing it, but do we understand that victory comes from our faith-driven relationship and those moments of constant connection with a God who loves us just that much. It's not how loud we shout it. It's the fact that we're willing to shout it. When I went to see Mr. Mitchell in the hospital, I don't know what they did to him in surgery, but I saw a face that was beaming that hadn't even said a word. But there was a victory shout in the way he looked when I walked into the room. It wasn't that I walked in. It's just that I walked in and on there and it was a miracle. And his face, oh, just said, oh, you don't know where I've been. Let me tell you, God is really good. I mean, his face said all of that. But more than that, he knew and still knows that God loves himself. Why is this important? Because every magazine, every newspaper, every place you go, there's a statistical analysis that has something saying that men cannot be victorious. 
And I say to you, step to step, and God is God. God is God is statistics, but what are we willing to do to pray as a body of Christ that our men, our children, our families, our lives become renewed and victorious? And I want you to note that I said the word and. I didn't say evil. It doesn't mean men can be victorious or we can have a good family. It doesn't mean men can have a good job or we can have a good life. I said the word and. It is time out for canceling the ands in our life. I know statistics have changed. I know life has changed. I know age is rampant. I know incarceration is bad. I know things men have been discriminated. But I believe and trust in the Most High God. And He said, "There's victory in me. Just ask for my help." There's victory in me. Remember what you have given unto me, and that I what I have offered unto you. Remember, remember that I will grant the desires of your heart, that I will give you what you need to shout. Victory. Not just any old victory, not just a minimized situation, but a victory from the Most High God. I am the mother of sons. This is not against the women in my life, but I'm peculiarly interested and what happens to our men. Peculiarly interested. I am a vessel of prayer and I pray for men every day of my life. Because I came from a generation that had all girls and the next generation that had girls, but boys and all my cousins had boys. We are a boy group that was raised with Barbie dolls. And I told her right up front, I am a mama, I'm not a daddy. And just because the man in my life wasn't there initially didn't mean that there wasn't a father for my son. And people were coming in and saying, oh, he's your little man. No, baby, he's my son. He's not my little man. I got a man above that is God of all God. When I married, my husband became the man in that house. He didn't replace God. He was in addition to God. He is the head of the household, and God is God. But I tell you what it means. If we are to be submissive unto our husbands and be who God calls us to be, we are submitting unto God. It doesn't mean we are sexual, and it doesn't mean the men are this or that. It means that we are in power, in righteousness. To love the Most High God, to get the victory that He gives only to those who believe. Do you believe He's victorious? Do you believe He will give you the victory? Do you believe He can help you turn around? Do you believe that He can put your feet on solid ground? Do you believe He can turn your life around? Some of us have given everything unto God except the victory. The victory is here. And that's good news. Mark is a parable teaching message. There's two messages about the seed. The fact that the seeds are nurtured in secret. Everything that happens to you, everything that God does, everybody don't know. Some of us, if we want, 
and got away, and I must change, some of us will never tell nobody. It might not show up in our calendar, may not show up in our service and giving, but we might tell somebody, whoop, I got a little windfall. God said we need to have the victory. And what he gives unto us, there's an expectation of sense of excellence that we would give back to him. Not the blood dealing, not sinning, not, not out of just, uh, just out of obedience. Because part of what that seed parable teaches us, that there is nurturing that we don't even see God doing. Some of us are transformed and we don't know how it happened, but thanks be to God that there's a transformation. A couple of weeks ago, about a month or so ago, I went to a graduation and saw over over 500 African American men not in our jumpsuits, not connected to one another, and another 400 or some alumni walking with white straw hats. Another group of men. That stage was full of almost a thousand men. One thousand. If I lived in Atlanta, I think I'd go to that graduation every year. Because it was just that powerful of an image. But it's not just for there. There is that image right here. All those men who stood. If I lied you all up in the middle of the eye and went from the youngest to the most senior elder, I would say to you over and over again, whether you can sin or not, it's just me. There's victory in your life. There's victory in your life. There's a generational lot of this, and we don't have to say, and that one was acting, and that one was acting, and that one was acting, because God has filled in the place and said, I am making you anew. I call what you do not see yet into the fullness of life. And somebody doesn't pray. We all need to be praying. Not only if you have a son, but every son that crosses your path, every daughter that crosses your path. We are here today because somebody prayed for us. We are victorious because somebody claimed what they saw in our lives. Where's Mr. Lil' Get Will with his glasses on? I told him I didn't know he wore glasses because I've always seen him with eyes. I know what it's like to be the brother who breaks his glasses. And I was the sister who left hers on the bus. Constantly, my mother would say, you won't ever see if you can't keep the glasses on. Victorious living comes when we make a commitment to stick to it. And even when our glasses get broke, we'll tell the truth and go and say again, I'm going to dad out and broke some glasses one more time. <laughs> I don't know how that baseball hit me again. <laughs> I don't know if I sat on that. I'll tell you the truth, little Mr. Getwood. A couple of these glasses I sat on. Because <laughs> I didn't think they were cute, but they were the ones on the insurance policy. <laughs> <laughs> tell the truth, shame the devil. We were so glad to have insurance. My mother, if I said, whatever. Look like on the insurance policy. Those are glasses you are having. <laughs> A couple of them got lost, broken, 
We're in the school bag. But the obedience and love and victory in my family encouraged me to press on. That's happened right here. It's evident that it happened. Are we willing to be victorious in spite of the statistics? The Amen. Amen. The doors of the church are open.